Welcome, adventurers. A stranger has come to Rianok's childhood home, but was not invited in, and no one saw them enter. Joel Rigetti's Speaking Stone Studio presents... Tales from the Dungeon In her exhausted state, her first impression was that the voice was someone else in the house. Her parents down below, or one of her sisters or brothers, not yet asleep. But as the voice called again, a shiver ran down Rianok's spine, as she became certain it was neither of those. It was not a malevolent voice, not one that seemed intent on harm. However, it was a voice she had never heard before one she had no face to associate with, and it was in her house. Rianok, it called. Though the fear inside her was welling up toward panic, she did not burst from the washroom, did not call out in fright. As scared as she was, there was an inexplicable familiarity to the voice as well. She turned slowly to her left, the direction from which the voice seemed to originate. There was a throaty chuckle as she did. Ah, 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 it chided. No peeking. Though Rianok had rotated almost completely to the left, the voice still came from over her shoulder and behind her. That was unsettling, but again a familiarity kept panic at bay. Rianok stood tall and spoke with a confidence. She did not feel. All right, I shan't peek, she conceded. But I do find it a tad rude that you've come into my house uninvited. The laugh could be heard again. I mean no disrespect, but I can hardly help that I have passed into your abode. And why would that be? Because we are connected now, you and I, the voice said. Here, the amusement in the voice left, and a tone of sincerity that had not been there before replaced it. And I wish you knew how rare that was, how special you are. Her parents had taught her and her siblings a healthy caution when meeting strangers, and trust seemed even more ridiculous given the improbable nature of this conversation with a stranger that had somehow passed into their home unseen, and as far as Rianok knew, was invisible. So when she heard the words, you and I are connected now, it made no sense to her that she felt both an overwhelming sense of belonging and purpose, along with a surge of loneliness and sorrow. Even with that, the sage winds were not easily duped, not likely to take things as presented with no further proof. Connected, she said smugly. And how would that be when we've never spoken before? When we have never met, the amusement returned. Haven't we? the voice retorted. Rianok wavered on her feet as images of every sighting, of every game she had ever played with the fox flashed through her mind, ending with a little kit bursting into fragments of light. 
she could feel where they had touched her skin, as if she was back on that very day. I would know you anywhere, Rianok, child of shadow. A few beats passed in silence. Rianok was struggling to take in this moment, trying to hold on to doubt and disbelief. But she had never felt something so deeply. As much as she wanted them not to, the words rang like truth in her very soul. What kind of monster was she? A child of shadow. Please do not fear, child. Shadow is not inherently evil. There is a vast difference between darkness of spirit and the absence of light. In fact, a shadow knows much, sees many possibilities beyond what is apparent to the naked eye. The shadow can be as much a boon to the forces of good as it is a tool utilized by those who would do harm. The words did not soothe her, but she felt the same thread of truth in them. Why have you chosen now to talk to me? Rianok thought of the fox as she spoke. Why, after all this time? The voice came again, switching to a position over her right shoulder. It can take some time for the mind to be ready for such things, ready for our bond to grow. Our meeting in the forest, the blessing of the kit. You are ready now. She did not speak out loud, but the question was strong in her thoughts. Ready for what? In her mind, the voice smiled. To begin learning my ways, learning the powers that you will control. It paused a few beats before continuing. It will be some time still, but the world will need you, Rianok. Need you to be more than a farmer for a time. Rianok's face flushed red with frustration. I don't want to be more than a farmer. The voice became sympathetic. I understand. I would help you if I could. Rianok could hear the truth in the statement. But even though I can see the threads that make up all things, even though I can change their position in the tapestry from time to time, it is beyond even my power to change the purpose of a thread. The feeling of loneliness returned. It will not always be so, child. Your thread will inevitably meet others like yours, though I cannot say when. The sympathy persisted. As strange as this all seems, as heavy as your heart may feel in this moment, there are joys ahead, my child, many new and exciting things to be had. But this has been a lot, and we have spoken enough for now. You need your rest. Rianok felt as if a fox's tail had brushed the side of her cheek. Sleep, child. Know that I will always watch over you if it is within my power. Happiest of birthdays. We will talk again soon. Wait! Rianok cried out, louder than she intended. Might I know your name? The smile came again in her mind, and in a fading whisper... The reply, Cinder. As Rianok tiptoed into the bedroom she shared with her siblings, instead of heading straight to her bed, she paused a moment, 
Soft snores and heavy breaths indicated that sleep had come quickly to the other occupants of the room. She padded softly to the window and faced south over the farmyard, drawing the curtain aside. Arjun had not risen yet, so only the light of the stars and the dim red of Cerise illuminated the scenery below. Everything was in its place, appeared as it should, with one exception, a visitor that sat in the wide-open yard below the window, making no attempt to hide. To the contrary, it seemed the creature was waiting specifically for her. The red fox sat, head tilted up, to peer back at Rianok, where she stood at the window. As soon as it saw her, the fox stood, barked a happy bark, spun round once in a circle, and then made off toward the west. Rianok stood a moment longer, and then tears ran silently down her cheeks. Ree, came a groggy voice from the bed next to her. Ree, what are you doing? Shush, Dav. Was just checking to make sure the window was closed all the way, she explained. I thought I felt a draft. There were a few beats of silence, but the sound of her brother's breath did not relax back into sleep. Who are you talking to in the washroom, Ree? Good thing it was mostly dark in the room, or Dav may have seen her cheeks flush red with embarrassment. I weren't talking to no one, you caught and hid. I was humming myself a little tune while I washed. Another pause. They didn't sound like singing. Go to bed, Dav, Rianok snapped. She turned and made her way toward her own bed, climbing in without hesitation, pulling the blankets up and over her head. A barely audible whisper, muffled from the layer of blankets in between, came from across the room. Happy birthday, Ree. It was hard to explain the feeling she had after that day. The voice, which had said it was Cinder, did talk to her from time to time. And oddly, that was a comfort. Sometimes the voice was there, but spoke in whispers too quiet to make out. Rianok began to feel that during those times, the voice was not talking to her, but to others. And at times, she found herself straining to hear, curious what her strange companion might be trying to tell them. This behavior garnered her some strange looks from time to time, as a sibling or parent would catch her sitting still, head cocked, eyes squinted. The first few times it happened, they had asked her if she was okay, or what it was she was listening for. But as these incidents continued, the concerned looks began. Rianok tried to stop for a time, but the whispers were so distracting she could not help herself. Growing up on the farm, Rianok had never heard the name Cinder before, but something about it felt familiar. She felt like she had heard people use the name from time to time when she lived in Cumbershaw with her aunt. She tried her best to remember the context, but the best she came up with was a feeling that the name was used in connection with acts of mischief or with luck, both good and bad. She tried to ask her older brother Brend about it in as casual a manner as possible, though he had been uninterested, saying he was pretty sure it was one of them human gods. 
Rianok had chewed on that little piece of information, not wanting to pry any further. To the best of her knowledge, halflings shared the same astral pantheon as the humans. Except for one. Where the red moon Cerise was concerned, halflings believed in Manirud, goddess of earth, health, blood, and oaths. So Rianak assumed Cinder must have been the human god or goddess connected with Cerise. She wasn't really sure what to do with this, but kept it tucked away. Time passed and the whispers grew. The voice of Cinder began to point things out to her. The nature of things, of how Rianak might interact with the powers around her. Shadows became completely enthralling. No longer just an absence of light or a cool place to escape the heat, they became filled with possibilities. They seemed more vibrant, alive almost. There was an energy within those spaces, energy waiting to be used. And Cinder showed her how. Fire at first, fire being an enthralling combination of light and dancing shadow. Cinder taught her how to manipulate fire, how to cause the flames to flicker, brighten, dim, or even change color. In the cold winter months, Rianak would sit ever by the hearth focusing on it. Her sister, Gamaris, screamed once. Rianak had not known she was there and had just made the flames flicker quickly through the many colors of a rainbow, starting with red and ending in purple. Her mother had come to ask what was the matter. Gamaris relayed to her mother what she had seen in the fire. Rianak's mother looked to her with a raised eyebrow. After a moment, Rianak shrugged, and said she hadn't seen anything. She felt bad, but what was she to do? Admit it was her? Gamaris had glared at her with a frown, and then stomped off in a huff. She learned to make light of her own, so that there might be shadows whenever she wished. The more she thought, the more she talked with Cinder, Rianak began to see ever-expanding potential and possibilities. As the months rolled on, her powers grew. Unfortunately, her work on the farm suffered. So eager was she to get away to some corner, to talk with Cinder and see what else she might accomplish, that she often left chores poorly done or forgot them altogether. At first, there were talks. Did she feel all right? Was there anything Rianak wanted to share with her parents? But when she said she felt fine, and no, there was nothing in particular she wished to discuss, the patient conversations often turned into scoldings. They needed her help, needed to be able to rely on her. She was torn. She loved her family, loved the form. But the draw to learn, to grow her powers, was a stronger force still, and it made day-to-day -day living very uncomfortable. Her siblings would often stop talking when she came in the room. Rianak frequently turned to see her parents, brothers, or sisters, expressions turn just a little too slowly from confusion or concern to a wary smile. She took to asking Cinder if she might reveal herself, to speak to her parents and explain what was happening. But Cinder said she could not. 
that her voice was only heard by a special few. Rianok asked if she should tell her parents. Cinder had said the choice was hers, but that it was sometimes hard for others to understand. The more distracted she became, the more she found herself in trouble for her half-hearted participation in running the ranch, the more Rianok went back and forth on whether or not to say what she was experiencing. At last, on a night after she had missed a hole in the pasture fence on her inspection walk, a hole her father had seen after retracing her steps, she decided she was going to tell her parents. At dinner, which had started in an uncomfortable silence, Rianok thought she would ease her way into the conversation by asking her father if he knew who Cinder was and could he tell her some more about the god. She wasn't sure what she had expected, but she had certainly not expected her mother to drop her fork in shock, a pallor coming over her face as if a ghost had just given her a kiss. Her father's face had locked into a rigid mask of indifference. Cinder, he had explained, was the goddess the humans associated with Cerise, the Red Moon. She had guessed as much, so she did her best to act interested, all the while being more concerned with why the mention of Cinder had startled her mother. The humans associated Cinder with chance, mischief, revelry, her father continued. There was an awkward pause while he considered whether or not he should say the next bit. But at last, he did. Cinder is the patron most prayed to by charlatans and thieves, he said with a frown. Her father's tone made it completely clear what he thought of the idea of Cinder, and in particular those that were likely to follow her. Her mother hadn't resumed eating since dropping her fork, and though Rianok looked at her father, whom was talking, she could feel the stare of her mother upon her. Her father asked her what had brought such an odd question to mind. Rianok had looked down and mumbled something under her breath. He asked her to speak up. She looked up to her father and then to her mother. Seeing the look in their eyes, her heart filled with loneliness, with a certainty that they would not understand. One of the Alpine boys, she had said in a flat tone. She had heard one of the Alpine boys yell the name, and she was just curious. She doubted either her mother or father believed it, but they had left it alone. Are the whispers of a god the beginning of a new journey, or the first signs of madness? Stay tuned next week for part three of Child of Shadow, Child of Mischief.